Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Joining me for this part of the show is a guest we've had on the show quite regularly, Richard Grogan, employment law specialist, and he's now added another string to his bow, viral TikTok video creator as well. Ah, come on now, no. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got a half a million views, I think, hasn't it? Some of, some of the some of the ones are getting about that kind of figure. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of... Pop- must be popular somewhere. <laughs> Somebody must be liking you. So, but I, and I have to say, that they're great little videos because a lot of people ask these questions constantly all the day. You know, my boss has said this to me, my boss has said that to me. I wonder, is that legal or is he allowed to do that? And you're answering all those questions on your TikTok video. If people want to go on, by the way, and it's the kind of hashtag is good, by the way. Uh, that's the law and that's the fact. But uh, the, the TikTok video, it's uh, Richard Grogan Solicitors, all right, if you want to go on and add him there. It's at Richard Grogan Solicitors on TikTok. But... The first question I'm going to go to is the latest video, which is the one that's kind of all over the place at the moment, everybody's spreading around, is in relation to holidays at Christmas. Now, of course, this year has been a tough year for everybody. We didn't know whether we, we could go away or not, so a lot of us didn't book holidays, didn't take enough, didn't take our whole 20 days. Uh, by the way, is that the law? Is 20 days the minimum statutory that holidays that you can get by law? Yeah, well, it depends, but for the normal person working nine to five job, full-time job, yes. It could be 8% of hours if you're a part-time worker, but generally speaking, it's yeah, it's twenty days, and that's if you were working one thousand three hundred and sixty-five hours in the year, which isn't that much, by the way. It's a little over twenty-something hours a week, so it's not, you know, it's it, it's not it's not forty hours or thirty-seven hours a week to get the full four weeks. Okay, so that's twenty working days, which is essentially four weeks. Uh, four, four weeks, yeah. Yeah, and everybody's entitled to that, and if you can negotiate more than that, well done to you, right? Uh, so the other thing is now. This year, people may not have taken on the holidays. They may still have six or seven days left. They might have only gone on two weeks during the summer and then they might get a couple of days off at Christmas. So, and we'll come to the bank holidays at Christmas in a second. So they're owed, say, six days holidays. And the boss says, oh, no, you have to use them by the 31st of December. So, no. what's the law? Well, that, I don't, this 31st of December, somebody's been licking this off the wall. <laughs> because it's, because it's not in the legislation. The legislation on this goes back to 1997. So it's not new legislation, you know. Um, it's, got, it's Section 2 of the Organisation of Working Time Act. Now, I hate quoting sections, but just in case anybody needs to check it up, the leave year in Ireland is from the 1st of April to the 31st of March. So that's the and annual leave year. That's how it's, con- it's calculated through the leave year. Okay. Yes, and the, this, this was fought right up to the, the High Court a number of years back, a long time back, and the late Mr. Justice Lavin, a complete gentleman, uh, came out with a very strident and clear uh, statement on the law. There is only one annual leave year, 1st of April, 31st of March. There is no other annual leave year as far as he was concerned. So, so it doesn't matter what contracts you have, where you work, what you're doing, that's, that's the leave year. In other words, if you have six days left on your holidays, you can take them right up to, the, up to March. Up to the 31st of March, even if the contract is chiseled out of marble. You're still entitled. That's the now, can your boss turn around and say, well, look, you know, we don't want you stretching them into next year because then you've got next year's holidays as well and uh, it's going to be a mess. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll pay you for them. Ah, uh, oh, I love that when I hear that. No, no when I hear that, that's... That's when I wait. When the, the employee is waiting till the first of April, and it's not an all food joke claim that they get in. That's the one where the employer ends up being put up on a cross. 
and they put themselves up with, and they bring their own nails and hammers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And by the way, they do it so that there's nobody getting down off the cross. Right. It is completely illegal for an employer to pay an employee instead of holidays. The only time it's allowed is when an employee is finishing up work for that company. Then, yes, any holidays due can be paid. But other than that, it's a, it's a full mortal sin. Okay, here's the other one. So, and this used to happen years ago with the August kind of two weeks that the builders used to take off and a lot of companies maybe closed for the week of Christmas. If the company is closed and you have no choice, uh, you have to take that time off, does that come out of your annual holidays or can you say, well, that's not what I want to take my annual holidays. Yes, I'll have my three days off bank holidays, okay, over the Christmas period, but I don't want to take those time, that time, use that up on my annual holidays. So if the company, say, closes for a week or a week and a half, do you have to take that out of your annual holidays? Well, first of all, an awful lot of companies will have that written into their contract of employment if they're doing it correctly. They say, we close from, you know, the, the, the 23rd, you know, if it's a weekday, until, we say, the 2nd of January. And you get, you have to take X number of days, two or three days over Christmas as part of your annual leave. They're allowed to do that. Okay. The other, uh, but an employer can come to you. Now, they're a bit late now, so they can't do it now. An employer can, on giving the employee one month notice, to say, I want you to take holidays at this particular time. But now, to do that, they, don't, they do actually have to sit down with you or the union and discuss it and take into account your family and personal circumstances and your opportunity for rest and relaxation. But generally speaking, if you're joining a company, you'll find that they say there will be a lot of companies who still would close down for the first two weeks of August and it would be there in your contract. We close for the first two weeks of August and you have to take those as holidays. And we close for a week at Christmas. They're allowed to do that. Okay. Yeah. If you work, say, for example, in retail, you're probably going to be open as for the January sales, you know, which will kick off probably the day after Stephen's Day. Um, and you'll be working maybe bank holidays. Um, firstly, you have to, if it's in your contract, you must work those bank holidays. You, but in regards to pay to bank holidays over the Christmas period, um, you know, is there extra pay? What is it now? Is it double time, time and a half? What are you supposed to All do? All right. All right. Uh, the, the vast majority of people will be off. So, this year, uh, Christmas Day and Stephen's Day and New Year's are all on weekends. So if, you're, if your office, for example, is closed on the weekends, their public holiday, their annual, their, sorry, their public holidays. So you have to get either a day off in the following month, um, a day, an extra day's holidays by the thirty first of March, or an extra day's pay. That's how they. That's how they have to do it. Right. Now, if you if you were working in retail and they would be open on a Saturday or, or a Saturday or a Sunday. Uh, then they they still they're still a public uh, holiday and they still have to get effectively the same rights. So right. they get the, the the extra days. They get they, they will probably get the extra days pay or is the normal. By the way, what 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 is the legislation around Sunday? Does it still go back to a long long time ago when Sunday was the Sabbath, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Do you get still get paid time and a half for working on a Sunday? Yeah, all right. This is one where there's <clears throat> where there's a lot of issues on it. On a Sunday work. If the employer puts in the contract of your employment, you'll have to work the odd Sunday or even every Sunday, and I'm going to pay you one cent per annum extra for doing that, then you get nothing extra. If you if they don't put that in the contract, then the WRC tend to award around a 30% premium to you for working Sundays, and if they do that, then that goes on for as long as you happen to stay in the place and it applies to everybody else as well. Okay, the other thing is, at the moment, a lot of people are, you know, with case numbers going up, people are doing antigen tests. Um, so they do an antigen test in the morning. They feel a little bit, a bit under the weather, let's say, a little bit of a sore throat or something. Take an antigen test and, and it comes up, you know, 
negative, but they're a little bit unsure. It might, might even come up positive, but they're still a bit sure. I'm going to go for a PCR. And they say, they ring the boss, I'm taking the day off, um, I just feel a bit under the weather, I'm going to go for a PCR test. Should they get paid for that day? Right. Now, I love this one. Uh, you really throw them in, Niall, don't you? Uh, all right, I'll give you this. Bit. If you're sick and there's a sick pay scheme in your workplace, well, you have to be sick to get paid. So until it comes back positive from a PCR that you have COVID, you don't get paid because you're not sick. Um, if you are say, look, I'm, I just don't feel that I should come in today, that's unpaid, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. If it is that you say to the, to the boss, uh, I'm a close contact of somebody, or I think I'm a close contact of officially somebody. Officially from the HSE, yeah. You know, officially from the HSE, then in those circumstances, you can claim sick pay from the Department of Social Protection. But not from now, your boss. Not from, not from your boss until... But if you come back positive after that and they have a sick pay scheme, then it goes back to the first day because you were sick. Right, okay. So you have to be sick to get sick pay. But there's no... So one of those, well, it's no wonder there's loads of people going to work sick because it's too, just too complicated, isn't it? Well, sorry, the problem with the Department of Social Protection is that, and you're coming up to Christmas and it happens tomorrow, you're not going to see that money until the new year. They're pretty slow at processing it. So they, they're not really pulling the, the finger out to make sure that if somebody has, has to stay at home, that in fact, actually, they, they do stay at home and they get the social welfare very, very quickly. That's not happening. And unfortunately, now there are some people who, you know, they're not earning huge amounts of money. And to lose a day's pay and certainly even to lose, you know, a day or two of the social welfare it's the difference between having, you know, paying the rent or putting food Absolutely. on the table. No, I understand that. And I, I, I know people who are self-employed as well. And I know people who are self-employed who felt under the weather and they've gone to work because they, yeah. ha- they feel they have no choice. They have to make money. They, well, you know, this is, this is one of the dilemmas that is there. The health advice is there. The problem on it is the Department of Social Protection are not pulling the finger out. But the health advice yeah. is not living in the real world, is it? That's the problem, isn't it? Because well, the there is a real world situation. The problem in the department in the department is that they have they have so many sick days that you know it's it's not an issue for them. They have so many sick days they see themselves that they turn around and say, "I'm not feeling well today. I'm not coming in." Doesn't make any difference. They get paid their salary at the end of the week or the end of the month. They're not re- looking at the real world with people outside who are on minimum wage or a bit over minimum wage who are self-employed or who have a mortgage to pay as that they need the social welfare payment. It might only be €100 Euro that's going to be paid in or €100. Absolutely. But that, that but could be the difference, as you rightly said, between paying the rent and not paying the rent that week. They need it this mm. week. Yeah, they don't need okay. it. Now, I look, I look at some of our texts coming in. We did ask people to text in as well. I recently resigned from my job at a hotel that has closed since COVID began and is due to close down permanently very soon. I was one of the last members to remain in the hotel and I'm due to start my next job outside of the hospitality industry next week. I left because I did not want to continue working in the hotels. Am I entitled to redundancy? Right. Mm. Do you want me to read it again? Is that is that? No, no, you're all right. You get it? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. But this, what this person did is they resigned rather than send in a redundancy request. And if you resign, you have just shot yourself in the foot as regards to redundancy. Right, okay. No rights. So I'm, and I'm sorry for that person, but if, they had, if they'd gone and talked to a solicitor, the solicitor would have said, don't resign, put in the RP9, request the redundancy. And if they don't respond within four weeks, you, four, sorry, seven days, you're automatically entitled to get your redundancy and off you go and take up the new job. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. sorry for them. 
I am a woman and I work. Okay, I'm a woman and I work in a company where a fellow colleague who is a man works in the same role as me, who started later than me, is getting paid a lot more than me. How do I go about addressing this with my employer? Uh, This is an equal pay claim under the equality legislation. And if that one, they can raise it as a grievance um, and see can they sort it out with the employer. And if they can't get it sorted out, they need to be seen as a solicitor very quickly. Okay, a lot of the time what companies will do is hire the new employee under a different title, but doing exactly the same job, but under a different title. Does that matter? Well, if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Right. So what you, what you call somebody doesn't... doesn't what they give the title they give them, so to speak. It's, it's, yeah, so it's like saying, I'm going to call you a self-employed contractor when you have to work, come to work every day at 9 o'clock and you go home at 5 o'clock and you're on a set a set wage. Right. You know, you're not you're not self-employed contractor. You're an employee. So the title doesn't really matter. It's the actual job that the person is doing. And does the experience matter? What what happens, <clears throat> which is probably happens in the media industry quite a lot, where somebody would turn around and say, oh, well, no, well, he's on better money because he's more experienced than you. Well, that, that that's allowed because then the, the employer has to be able to justify it. So, I mean, if I put it this way, if you're if you have two solicitors and their job is in, is in employment law, one is uh, a one-year qualified and the other is 20 years qualified, they're going to be paid differently. Even though they have the same title and do the same job? Yes, but one will have had, you know, an increment every year, you know, so there will be an increment scale. Okay, but that would be only if they were by, with the same employer for a number with, of years, I imagine. With, yeah. the, with, with the same employer. Yes. Or it, it is, look, one person is only newly qualified, the other person we can we can let off without checking anything that they do. So there is an issue of is it exactly the same job or is do you take the experience into account? So experience does come into account. And sometimes it is, look, we had a gap here. We couldn't fill it. We advertised. We couldn't fill it for the 40000 a year. We couldn't get anybody except at 45000 That's allowed as well. But the employer has to be able to justify the reason. And it can't be just because okay. one person is a woman and one person is okay, a man. Okay, very quick, just one, one or two more questions from the screen here. Can you take Christmas, etc., at your own expense and keep uh, the holidays for later date? No, because it's a public holiday. The employer, ha- we can, the employer can say, yes, you know, you can, you can take it uh, as, a, as an extra day's holiday, but that's up to the employer, not up to you. Okay, so he says, I have a question for your guy about carrying over holidays. Do your Christmas days count as your holiday days off too? Okay, that's more or less the same question again. Yeah. Um, I'm currently working for a logistics company driving HGV. My basic wage, uh, week's wage is 55 or for 55 hours before only something or other. I don't know what that means. Uh, this, as we're entitled to this, my question is, if this is legal and the majority of companies, it's a 40-hour week. Thanks. Sorry, it's it's kind of, I don't think the person checked know, the text when yeah. they wrote it, but I think you get the gist of it. Yeah, it, nobody in Ireland can work over 48 hours averaged over a four-month period of time. So if somebody is a is a HGV driver and this is a regular one that comes up, they're still on the 48 hours uh, as well as anybody else. So if he's working 55 hours a week, and by the way, and I'm excluding breaks on that because breaks don't count in 70 hours, but if he's working 55 hours a week, then the logistic company is breaking the law big time. Okay, um, somebody says, Hi, um, a question for Richard on sales targets, bonuses. If your target is 2 million for the year and you achieve orders of 2.5 million, but the company delivers less than 2 million due to stock issues, do they still have to pay the sales bonus? Well, that's complicated, right. isn't it? Not really. It, 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 they can be. The issue on sales bonuses are down to the terms and conditions of the bonus scheme that are written out. And some of it will be 
just once you've hit the target, some of it will be the actual delivery and some of it will be the payment. So it depends on how they've written the policy and you have to look at what the policy actually says to work out whether you're entitled to it or not. So sometimes it is you could sell three million, but the company policy says we only pay out on bonuses that are actually that's where the where the product is actually paid for, for for example. Okay, another person says our company are only paying three days sick pay and making staff claim two days social welfare if they are out of work for five days as a close contact because of a family member at home having COVID. Surely this is wrong. No, that's actually, they're not being, the employer has actually been quite decent because uh, under Irish law at the present time, they don't have to pay any sick days. So right. they're, actually, they're actually paying three full days um, and the other two come out as, uh, as social welfare. The employer is being is providing better service to you than they actually have to. So hats off to that employer. Yeah, I was going to read one out there, but I'm sure it's not for you. If you run out of mascara, put eye drops in your mascara container. I'm sure that's not for you. I think somebody said that's the wrong number. (laughs) (laughs) Richard, there's so many questions people want answered. I could be here all day reading them. Uh, The final one, by the way, is, uh, of course, I don't know how we're getting on with it, but the right to disconnect, of course, which was brought in a while ago. Have you had people calling you about it? Are people worried about that? You know, their bosses ringing them after hours, et cetera, et cetera, or emailing them after hours. Are Are we successfully rolling that one out? Uh, no, it's not been successfully rolled out because people are still putting in claims for breach of the organisation working time act for. They're not getting the eleven hour break, and they're being and they're they're working too many hours. And uh, yeah, those claims are flying through to the WRC at the present time. Right. Uh, the right to disconnect is not being properly run at all. And, and is it stead? I mean, is it concrete? In other words, you finish work at six o'clock, and you don't start till nine o'clock the next morning. Does your your boss has no right essentially to email you, text you, message you if you don't want him to, and if you agree to it, I suppose in some sense it's probably okay. But if you don't want him to, he has no right to do that, except in an emergency. But you know, emergencies don't happen every week, and an emergency we have a we have a the emergency is really one where there's a, a threat to property or life. Not we have a we have a, a customer or our, our client who wants something. That's not an emergency. So, yes, if your contract says you're working nine to five, then come five o'clock, uh, unless they've given you 24 hours notice to work a bit of overtime, you're entitled to put your pen down and go home or stop working and turn off the mobile and turn off the laptop. All right. Listen, lovely talking to you again, Richard. And I'm sure we will speak to you again in the future when your viral videos go even more viral. Uh, Richard Grogan, employment law specialist. If you're having problems in work or you're looking for some assistance or some sort of help and you want any advice, you can contact him. You can get him on all the usual sources online or whatever it is. Or just Google him. Richard Law. Oh, Richard Law. Richard Grogan. It's a good name. Would it be Richard Law if you were studying law? Richard Grogan, employment law specialist. All right, you'll find him online. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.